From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. The NHL playoffs are right around the corner, and our own Scarlet Foo got a chance to catch up with someone who knows a thing or two about competing for the Stanley Cup. We're talking about the king, New York Rangers icon, Hendrik Lundqvist. Oh, that's a strange bounce off the boards. What a stop by Hendrik Lundqvist. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> you have, that, that's a wide open net. The future Hall of Famer works now in broadcasting and as an ambassador for the Rangers. He is going to be part of MSG Network's playoff coverage this year, which starts on April 17th. Let's listen in on Scarlett's conversation with Lundquist, starting with how he's been enjoying retirement. It's been a fun uh, start to my new chapter in life. You know, after so many years playing hockey and I'm not going to say doing one thing, but a lot of my time and attention went to playing hockey and, and try to improve as a player. Uh, and now uh, a lot of time goes into uh, try to have fun. That's I mean, You deserve it. <laughs> Let's talk about the Rangers right now because yeah. they were a Cinderella team in last year's playoffs. How does the team look to you this year? Because on paper, it's a pretty formidable lineup, right? You've got Zibanejad, Kreider, Tarasenko, Panarin, Kane. It's ridiculous. There's some good names you're uh, talking about right there. Now, I think they have a really good shot at, at making it all the way this year. I think the run they had last year was crucial for their development to be part of a good run to understand what it takes. A lot of young players that now developed over the last few years so I think going into this year, their expectations on themselves changed a lot going into this season, and they delivered. They've had a really strong year uh, over the last month, especially they've been playing really good hockey. Uh, so I think the team, the fans are excited about the playoffs starting soon and, and see how far they can take it. Yeah, the team definitely feels like it's peaking at the right time. And then, of course, you've got Shesterkin. Team chemistry is critical in the playoffs. How does the goalie, which is this individualized position, fit in and lead his team during such an intense period? Because you're expected to stand on your head and carry the team, but you can't actually score to win a game. No, for a goalie, it doesn't really change. Uh, you have your role, uh, and as much as possible, you, you just want to focus on, on your job, and, and, and that's stopping the puck. You don't want to get involved in how the, play is, how the team is playing. Uh, but what I loved as a goalie going into the playoffs, I could always feel that the team became tighter. Uh, it was a feeling of playing for each other more than regular season because in the playoffs, it's all about winning. During the regular season, sometimes, you know, players, they're, they're looking to get some points and they want ice time. But when you step in, into the playoffs, it's all about trying to reach that final goal and you can feel it in the room you can feel it on the ice which is a great feeling right there's joint purpose absolutely right? so you played your entire nhl career in new york 
This city loves clutch performers who excel under the pressure on the big stage. So Jeter, Messier, you with your Game 7 playoff record. Is your new role as an on-air studio analyst for MSG and TNT high stakes enough for you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think nothing will ever compare to what I, you know, experienced as a as a player, especially playing as a goalie in New York, there's a lot of pressure, expectations. Now I feel like all the things I'm doing, uh, do I get nervous? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I, I don't feel the pressure. Because when was I'm, the last time you got nervous at your job? Well, you know what? When when the lights goes on and, and you know it's live, you definitely feel something. Uh-huh. But it's not going out and playing in front of 18,000 people and have that pressure of performing and try to win. Uh, but it's also kind of refreshing that a lot of the things I'm doing right now is not about winning or losing. It's yeah. about being yourself. It's about the experience. I think that's where my focus is right now, which is definitely a, a new feeling. Um, because as an athlete, it, it comes down to winning all the time. Yeah, yeah. And now it's the journey there. Your former teammates all talk about your discipline in preparing and practicing and perfecting your craft. The goalie work before team practices, staying late to uh, take breakaways and one-timers. Is there a broadcast equivalent to that? How, how do you prepare for this job? Well, I think whatever you do, business or sports, to be successful, you need to prepare. Yeah. If you're well prepared, it, it will give you confidence, uh, and confidence will help you perform. Uh, going into something unprepared is not a good feeling. So to me, that that's everything. And when it comes to... You know, going into a meeting, you, you want to know, you know, who you're sitting down with. What's the goal with this meeting? Or if you're sitting in front of the camera, what are we talking about? And what are the players we're talking about? And what topics and, and stuff like that? I, I think it it just helps coming in into any situation well prepared. So you're looking over player stats and everything before you go on air? Um, you know, the, the thing with me, I, because I'm not working every game, mm-hmm. uh, I come in once in a while. And so it's important to, to me to talk to here in, in New York, then John and Steve that works at MHC Networks uh, and get updated on everything. Yeah, I pay attention to the Rangers, but I don't watch every game. Mm-hmm. So the conversations we have before we go on air is crucial to me to, to have a good show. Right, to get your head in the right place. Is there anyone you look to as a model for how to do this broadcasting job well? Um, good question. No, I, I haven't really looked at anybody specific, but I do know... You know, John Mackerel, his tennis commentary is, is, I think, best in the business. He knows when to speak and he knows when to be quiet. And he also have very good insight on, on the game from a player's perspective. Uh, and I think personally that's what I'm trying to bring, um, you know, my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I leave stats and play-by-play for for other people, but for me, it's a a lot about the experience. Right. Here's what I'd be thinking, or here's what I was thinking in this situation. Exactly. Analyzing and offering commentary on air is hard for a native English speaker, but English isn't even your first language. So I wonder, how does it compare to broadcasting in Swedish? Uh, Well, it is different, that's for sure. Obviously, I've been here for 18 years, so I've more comfortable speaking English even though you, you start taking English in third grade but I remember my first training camp back in 05 and suddenly you were thrown in front of 10 cameras and reporters and you, you try to express yourself and that was hard because coming from Sweden I was used to express myself and, and 
really try to tell the viewer what I felt and what I went through. So you had to learn that over the years. Yeah. Um, there's definitely times where, you know, I might get stuck on words, but I just wave my Swedish flag as an excuse <laughs> then if that happens. You seem to have figured it out pretty well. <laughs> From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Um, you can't work in television these days without expanding to podcasts. And I know that you're working on a new podcast with a New York City entrepreneur, Jay Liddell. What kinds of conversations uh, do you want to be sharing with your audience? And who's your audience? Well... You know, me and Jay, we, we go back, what, 17 years now. We're close friends, and we have a lot of conversations about, you know, how to grow as people and, and what's the next step, and, and but also talk about what we've been through. So we feel like this is an opportunity with the podcast to, to meet with people that, you know, can tell their st Not so much what they've done in the past, but what's next, but also why and how, mm -hmm. to, that interests me. I, I love people with drive, I love people with passion, it doesn't matter what you do, but that interests me, to kind of dig deep in that and, and figure out what, what gets them going a what little bit. What makes them tick. Exactly, I, I find that very interesting, and you, you see it so much in the city. Yeah. You know, there's so many different areas uh, with people that hustling and working hard, but they have a passion for something, and, and, and that's something that, that I appreciate to really get into. Yeah, I'm curious about that because New York City is the global capital of finance. You, I know, are a regular at uh, Cantor Fitzgerald's annual 9-11 Charity Day, so you meet a lot of people in finance. Have, have you ever considered working in or learning about finance? Did anyone pitch you on launching an ETF, for instance? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I've been investing for, for many years, but I always had people helping me, making good decisions. and. I uh, have a few projects back in Sweden that I'm working on, but I also work with companies over here. Mm -hmm. um, but throughout my career, I was so focused on playing that finance was not really that interesting. Mm -hmm. But I could tell as, as, as I'm, you know, as I got closer to the end of my career, I started to pay more attention to the finance, and, and I wanted to get more involved. And um, so there's definitely deals to be made out there, but. In terms of where I spend my time, I, I love to meet people. I love to do um, creative things. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why a podcast or working TV, I, I find it uh, uplifting. Yeah, you're engaging with different people, exploring all the things that you didn't have time for before. Mm -hmm. You're also on the business operations side at MSG. What, what part of the business do you want to learn about the most? Well, to me, it's interesting to... Uh, just to see the relationships between Madison Square Garden and their partners and, and understand the value of bringing on great partners for MSG. I mean, MSG itself is such a strong brand. To me, it's the best place to be, really. You know, you meet people, you get the world-class entertainment and music and sports, and I just have so much fun coming there. And, of course, you want to bring great brands 
on the journey there. Mm -hmm. So to be on, on partner summits and, and meet with them and talk about their businesses and how MSG can help them and how the businesses can help MSG, I think that's uh, interesting. Um, so been a few of those meetings, uh, but that's what I love about my role right now. I, I get to go you know, and watch sports and music, uh, meet great people within the business industry, uh, and also be part of the media side of things. So having a lot of fun. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. On the media side, I wonder how are you thinking about how this role progresses and tapping into the demand, the insatiable demand for live sports programming in a world where streaming has broken up the traditional broadcasters? Yeah, I mean, the, the game has really changed, that's for sure. Over the last 10 years, uh, how it's streamed and how especially the new generation watch sports. Uh, rarely they sit down and watch an entire game. They want highlights. Yep. They want funny clips. And obviously that's something you have to adjust to. What, what are you putting out there to engage the, the new generation especially? Uh, so that's the challenge ahead of us, but it's also a fun challenge. How do you create fun content for, for the viewer to make sure they, they stay connected? Right, in under 60 seconds, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully for the entire game. If, if you put on a good show and talk about fun things, uh, that's how you engage people, right? But I guess you have to start somewhere. And, and the funny clips here and there and interesting topics, will, will, that's a start. Absolutely. For a lot of current and former professional athletes, the next step is really building equity, owning an asset, and often in sports. Would you consider investing in a sports franchise? You know, if you look at what's been going on over the last 10, 15 years, it's not a bad move. That's for sure. Uh, right now, though, my focus is MSG and the role I have and, and, and like I said, all the projects I have overseas back home in Sweden. So... Um, but it's fun to see how some of these deals come up. You yeah. have different groups come together with one purpose. And, and uh, you look at the sports side, which is fun, but also the economics. And it's, it's, um, it's a pretty unique and, and, and cool opportunity. Yeah, it's pretty tantalizing given the valuations of everything. You mentioned Sweden a couple of times. You've got relationships with brands, of course, in Sweden. Who's the bigger brand, Lundqvist in Sweden or Zuccarello in Norway? Oh, <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> if you ask him, he's going to say Zuccarello. He's uh, got underwear that says Zuccarello on the waistband. Yeah, yeah. No, very hard question. I, you know what? I don't spend enough time in Norway to, to answer that question. I, I stay on, on the border, you know? Very diplomatic response. Yeah. Okay, most of all, Henrik, of course, you use your brand to promote philanthropy through your own foundation and through MSG's Garden of Dreams. You finally now have more time to devote to your charitable work. What do you see as the most urgent issue right now? Well, for uh, Henrik Lundqvist Foundation and Garden of Dreams Foundation, the focus is health and, and kids and, and really people in, in situation that, that needs an extra hand. Obviously, there's so many areas where you could help. You try to narrow it down for us where you can try to make a difference. Uh, but I realized that over the years that have a really good platform when you've been in one place for, for that long, the connections you have, and, and um, there's a huge impact there when, when you come together as a group. Not try to do it all by yourself, mm -hmm. but I, I love working with Henrik Lunks Foundation and the people involved, and, and uh, but also Gardner Dreams Foundation. Uh, fun events, um, going to, to the hospitals once in a while, and, and but also the different young ambassador pro projects we, we have. Um, you know, it's been a learning 
experience for sure early on. Yeah. You know, when I moved to New York, how the Rangers really showed me how, you know, how to do it and, and the impact you can have as a player. It, it was it was great to see. So you brought back some of those learnings and applied it to your own foundation. Absolutely, you know, and, and we've been around for I think eight nine years now, but I'm still involved with Gardner Dreams. I think it's a great combo of doing both, and uh, to me, it's just. Um, the feeling of having more people come together for for one thing it it, it, it becomes very powerful. So, um, you know, playing for the Rangers for so many years, it was great to see all the players come together and, and do things together at the Garden or different events around the city or practice center. Um, so, I, I think all the players enjoy it. You know, it definitely gives perspective of what you have and what you're doing yes. and. and um, you know, yeah, pursuing that common purpose Absolutely. is very meaningful. That's Hendrik Lundqvist, former all-star goalie for the New York Rangers, speaking to our very own Scarlet Foo. You can catch him breaking down Rangers playoff action on MSG Networks. He's a big part of their playoff coverage, which includes full game coverage for the first round and post-game coverage throughout. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr for Scarlet Food. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.